Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer, from the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front here. I am Baxter Colburn. And I'm Simon Provan. Broadcasting from beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, from the makeshift B, uh, BNS Studios, BN, the Two Up Front Remote Studios. We're going to go with that. I like that, that. yeah. We we are, we're on the road today. Uh, it's a gorgeous summer day here in the Midwest. For those of you that uh, are listeners that don't spend your time in the Midwest, uh, we've got a, basically as nice a summer day as we're going to get, Simon. So we might as well go to the beach, go swimming, and have a barbecue, and then just get ready to shovel snow tomorrow. <laughs> That's about it. Baxter. It's amazing, but it's about 75 degrees. We're actually broadcasting outside today. It's yes. beautiful. Uh, it. Just uh, embracing what Wisconsin's throwing at us today. So we're very excited about that and excited to, to come at you guys today. Uh, we are presented by Three Lines Pub and all guests join us on the shopfutsal.com call in line. We've got two great ones joining us today. Uh, we are going to have uh, IMG head coach and eh, maybe a little bit of relation uh, Jake Provan uh, to <laughs> Simon. He's going to be joining us. Uh, he's got some exciting news. Uh, two of his players that he coaches uh, are, have been called up to the U17 women national team. So that's, that's correct. Very Baxter, exciting yeah. for him. Uh, and then we're going to be joined in a little while as well, too, by Chicago Fire midfielder Drew Connor, a, little, a, for, a fellow Wisconsinite as well, too, joining us today. So, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. He's, he's from, he's from uh, Cary, Illinois, but he spent time at, uh, well, all four it years all, at all the University of Wisconsin. All, so hey, so we once, call him one. Once yeah. you're a Wisconsinite, you're all. That's right. It doesn't that's matter right. if you spend a day or a year. You're, you're family to us, basically. So we're excited to talk to both of them uh, in just a little bit. We do jump into our kick around, of course, in just a moment. We remind you that you can listen to our show here on Spreaker.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. It's also available on iHeartRadio and on our website as well, too. The number two, twoupfrontsoccer.com. Yeah, you can also find us on Facebook. Type in 2UpFront. You will find us there. Give us a like. Give us a share. Uh, we're almost at 700 likes, Baxter. Very close. So it's, 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 it's been getting there. I'm excited. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer. He is at Baxter Colburn, and I'm at Simon Provan. All right. Jumping into the kick around, uh, some brief things to get to, and we'll dive into a lot of this stuff a little bit later. Um, the U.S. Open Cup going on right now. Very exciting time. Uh, the Michigan Bucks, uh, kind of a closer team to us. We're going to talk to Drew Connor about this in just a little bit. 
uh, and among other teams, the Michigan Bucks falling uh, very recently to St. Louis, uh, and among other U.S. Open Cup action. Uh, we're starting to get to that point now where teams are starting to now face the, uh, the quote-unquote, the big dogs, depending right, on, I guess, right. if you're going from your local pub team to an MLS team. You're, lo- you're talking about a $100 team to a multi-million dollar team, I guess. But we're starting to get to that point, and people are starting to get a little bit more excited now again, now that we're already into round four of the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, one of the exciting things here, Baxter, uh, on top of that, is there will be an amateur team in the fourth round, which I'll get to in a second. So exciting. But last night, so we do have third round games yet to be played later tonight, but last night uh, in Pontiac, Michigan, home of the former Pontiac Silverdome, uh, St. Louis FC of the USL beat the Michigan Bucks 2-1. Dalgard for St. Louis FC, two goals in the 13th and 16th minute. But listen to this, things got scary, Baxter, for St. Louis. Michigan Bucks score in the first 23 seconds of the second half. Uh, Apparently there was a lot of uh, wonderful goalkeeping by Davala Gorick by St. Louis to actually to seal this victory. But going back to that comment about there will be an amateur team in the fourth round, Baxter, um, looking here, Chicago FC United of the PDL will be taking on Christos FC from wow. Maryland in the third round. Those are both amateur teams. So whoever wins that goes on more than likely to face uh, an MLS club. Uh, I believe, yes, they'll be playing DC United. So everybody talks about the game at Wembley for the uh, championship team going up to the Premier League yep. as the $200 million game. <laughs> so in effect, Baxter, this, this Chicago FC United Christos FC game becomes the $15,000 game in American soccer because... Right. Whoever wins this will be the club that goes on the farthest as an amateur team. And the way the tournament's set up is the team that goes the farthest at every mm-hmm. di- different division ends up getting $15,000. Well, there you go. So you're playing for a little bit of something. Yeah, you know, 15000 isn't a lot of money for some people. But for some of these lower-level amateur teams, I mean, $15,000 can be new equipment. It can be new jerseys. It can be things that you might not have in the budget. Well, and it can it basically, what the way I look at it, is it can cover your travels through the U.S. Open right. Cup for the following year if, if need be. Or perhaps it pays off the traveling bills from this past yeah, year. <laughs> that is very true. But, yeah, of course, a lot of these other third-round games still yet to be decided, as we mentioned. Um, but we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on those and hopefully having Josh Hakala from the Cup.us joining us again here in the near future uh, to kind of help us break it down as well, too. Yep. Last thing I'll say about it in Miami, Florida, this is probably one of the more intriguing matches. Baxter, Miami FC of the NASL taking on the Tampa Bay Rowdies of the mm. USL. Again, that is tonight in Miami, Florida. Winner plays Orlando City, so that should be a good time. Uh, one other brief note from the world of MLS. Uh, the FC Dallas back line has uh, suffered some injuries a uh, friend of the show, Walker Zimmerman, he is out. We're going to be curious to see what exactly comes from that now that he has stumbled down. FC Dallas, of course, a very talented team, uh, but it also helps when your talented players are on the field. We've seen what happens when Mario Diaz and others are gone. Well, that's the ironic thing is Mario Diaz looks like he's going to be back this mm-hmm. week in training. So, uh, yeah, it's one. Of, it's the old cliche of somebody's born in the world, somebody's taken away. Yeah. Well, I guess the same thing happens with a, with a club roster. That is true. He has a strained left MCL. He'll be out for the next four to six weeks, it Oof. sounds like. So uh, he's going to miss Gold Cup time as well, too. So that's going to be a massive opportunity that he could have used to you know, potentially stake his claim as a future center back for the men's national team. So uh, prayers go out to Walker. And, of course, uh, and his, uh, it's already been a very exciting career for him, a great set-piece specialist and a best 11 2016 selection yeah, as well. a couple of call-ups to the U.S. national team, uh, and I'm sure we'll see more of that 
in the future as well. Absolutely. All right, we are going to run to a break. Uh, that is the kick around. Uh, if you have any other soccer thoughts or anything you want to throw at us, of course, we'd love to hear from you. As we mentioned, he's at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn, the number two, at Two Upfront Soccer uh, on Twitter as well. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to run to a break. We're going to come back with Jake Provan, uh, one of the head coaches down at the IMG Academy. And yes, of course, he is Simon's brother, if you haven't pieced that together or not yet. We'll be back with more on Two Upfront right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub here from the garage, the garage studios, the BS studios. We have to think about it. I don't know if you want the BS as the name, but it's the Two Up Front <laughs> Remote Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Uh, either way, it works, Baxter. We're, it does. feels like we're outside. That's, it's a that's gorgeous what today's day. About. I know. We're, we're looking for a name for our remote studios, I feel like. So if you would like to sponsor us... There you, you can go. Call us at 555-5555. No, we have, we have ways to do with that, of course. But uh, uh, on social media, at 2UpFrontSoccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. Yeah, also check out our website, 2UpFrontSoccer.com. That's a great place to go to, actually, to get a hold of us. Uh, but nevertheless, Baxter, let's jump into our first guest of the yeah. day. He's a man who's very familiar to Wisconsin soccer, played his college ball at UW-Milwaukee, was drafted by the old... I believe it was the Detroit Rockers, he can correct me if I'm wrong, of the old NPSL, the National Professional Soccer League of the Indoor Days. Played and won a championship with the Milwaukee Wave, also with the Milwaukee Rampage. I am very honored uh, and happy to welcome to Two Up Front, my dear brother and coach of the U17 Girls IMG Academy team, Jake Provan. Jake, welcome back to Two Up Front. Guys, always a pleasure to be on. Oh, it's great to hear from you, Jacob. We're doing well. Probably not as well as you right now. The weather, I'm sure, is a little bit warmer. You don't have maybe that cool breeze that we're dealing with here in Wisconsin. But yeah, still. we don't we don't have a sea breeze today. So I've you know I've got my SPF 30 on, but I'm still burnt. <laughs> the Provan's not tan well. Is that, is that oh, a family Jake, treat? Jake tans incredibly well. <laughs> no, I, that's how hot that's how hot it is because I am I am I am super tan, but still getting still getting cooked. 
Well, talking about getting cooked, some good cooking going on down at IMG Academy, uh, Jake, uh, especially with your team. You can correct me if I'm wrong on these names. Forward Enzi Broussard and goalkeeper Lindsey Romig both got called up to yeah, the U.S. Perfect. U-17's national team. Uh, how exciting. So wow. First yeah, of all, con- congratulations on that. But second of all, how, how oh, exciting is that for you and, of course, just for IMG Academy as a whole? Well, it's, you know, obviously it's great for both. Um, Lindsey Romig, there um, camps now for about a year. So she's had some experience um, being a goalkeeper, and she's very successful. Um, Enzi Bazaar just got called in. Um, this was with this just happened within a matter of weeks because um, U.S. Soccer, the the national program, had a camp, one of their training camps at Lakewood Ranch, which isn't too far from IMG. We had them come in and scrimmage our U14 boys VA team, which I had NZ play for on that team. She ended up scoring the goal to draw that game 1-1. So um, after the game, Mark Carr, who's the 17th national team coach and the assistant Manny, approached me after and kind of discussed it, discussed um, you know what her potential was. And the next thing I know, she's getting called into camp. So it's uh, in that it wasn't a surprise of her skill level that she got called in, but a bit of a surprise at how quickly this this call up came. Is that correct? Yeah, no, it was no surprise to me. I mean, I've contacted Mark before about her, and um, you know, just because I truly believe in her talent. I've, honestly, it's one of the best girls I've ever coached. She's a true striker. I mean, some of her finishing a bit. Oop, do we still have you? Oh, did we lose Jake? No. Says he's still there. I don't know. We'll have to work to get him back for some reason. I don't know where Jake went, but uh, we'll give him a buzz back here for uh, for that. But, I mean, looking at this roster, though, too, that I've got pulled up right now, very forward-heavy, but a lot of these gals are coming from all over the place. Uh, you have to be excited about that, though, when you when you look at the amount of talent uh, that is on this roster right now, of course. And one of the things I want to ask Jake when we get him back, of course, is to see uh, kind of the cross-comparisons. Because you always hear about these young players, Simon, saying like, oh, well, this is the next, you know, you, you hear in basketball, oh, this is the next Michael Jordan, the next LeBron James, you know, things like that. be very curious to get his thoughts about who you think some of these gals on his team uh, could possibly, you know, kind of cross-reference over to uh, in the sense of, you know, are we looking at the next Alex Morgan? Are we looking at the next Hope Solo in those regards as well, too? So uh, I'm going to be curious to see uh, what he has to say about that uh, when we get him back here in just a moment. But anything that he was saying kind of stand out to you at all? Uh, well, actually, one of one of my questions to him was, in fact, uh, about, uh, you know, staying in touch with U.S. soccer. But it sounds like we got Jake back on the line. Jake, are you there? I am. Perfect. I okay. think it might just be in a might be in a strange right. situation down there from a from a signal perspective. But I think we got you though still here, Jake. So we'll we'll keep rolling on with it. But uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you quickly, Jake, is of the two gals that you mentioned that are on this U17 rosters team, do you have any uh, top-level comparisons for us? Are we looking at an Alex Morgan or a Hope Solo or any of those people in your mind that people that are you know excited about this team can maybe play the comparison game to a little bit? Oh, do we lose him again? Well, you know, he, take, oh, oh. yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Hear me? Yeah, you know, she has the uh, yeah. Basically, the heading ability on goal is the, the Ambi Wambach, but then she's got. I mean, honestly, she's got a much better finishing distance than I've seen out of Mia Hamm. Um, wow. So she she kind of yeah, and her just her pure athleticism, speed, and nose for the goal is fantastic. So now I'm not saying that she might be better than those two, but the potential is there with her skill set for sure 
Absolutely. Exciting player to watch. That's all I got to say. Yeah, she's she's an exciting talent. So. And you had mentioned that Lindsay's been been in the uh, camp for quite a while. Uh, any comparisons there as well with uh, perhaps Hope Solo or any of the NWSL keepers? Well, look, look, well, here's the crazy thing: is Lindsay's a big goalkeeper. You know, keep in mind she's only just turning 16, and you know, well over six feet tall. Um, wow. So, so still, so still kind of growing into her talent. So. Um, I think it'd be too early to tell exactly what she could develop into, uh, but she's got you know she's got this smart the technique is fantastic, um, so you know it could be one of those things where she's got her own style as a goalkeeper. Now, Jake, I've noticed that there really are players from all over. You got obviously you've got the West Coast and the East Coast well represented, but there's also players from uh, Texas on here, from a couple from Georgia, Hawaii, uh, Hawaii, Illinois. Uh, you know, I, I know that you you have your state cup tournament and, and and everything else that comes along. You know, with club soccer, um, I know IMG is in a little bit different of a category. But are there any other players on this team that you recall having your girls play against that that you could speak to? Um, you know, just to, you know some of the girls out east from Richmond area um, that were teammates of Lindsay Romix um, that I've known. That, that's all I really know. So it, it's so spread out, you know, because we kind of compete regionally here in this area. Uh, so and you know now with with the DA program being launched, we'll probably be playing against them all the time. Sure. Teams. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and you look at this roster through and through. I mean, some of these gals were a part of the U17s back in 2016 as well, too. So that kind of speaks to the testament of how some of, how talented some of these gals are. Jordan Kniff, uh, along with uh, Kennedy Wesley and Kate Wisner as well, too. That says uh, we're all part of the same cycle. Uh, so that to have that leadership to, for those ladies that you know have been there before, I think is going to be very important, of course, moving forward. Uh, no, fan- yeah, definitely fantastic and exciting. Uh, so, uh, Jake, one of the things uh, that's really cool to notice as well, there's there's only a handful of clubs that have two players on this team. Most of the clubs on this team have uh, have one player. I think it was maybe three or four. You guys, IMG Academy, CASL, uh, there was another uh, Eclipse Select SC, and I think there was maybe perhaps one more club. So what is it that you do with your players that, helps to bring them to this top level that U.S. soccer is, is looking specifically at, at your U-17 girls? No, we tr- well, we try to give them all the tools, not just in the game, but outside the game, with whether it be mental conditioning, um, strength and conditioning, um, um, you know, dietary things. But just um, we're out here five, six days a week training, I have open communication with U.S. staff, so it's, you know, the areas we can discuss of what they need to focus on. Um, and then I just implement that in my, all my training sessions, and then if it's an individual basis, bring them out on the pitch, uh, you know, with an individual and, and work on the skills. Do you have any specific drills or things that you like to run your players through that you find are most effective in your uh, three-year time without giving away too many of your trade secrets? Uh Honestly, it depends on the moment, right? Analyzing the situation. Mm-hmm. I never have a favorite because, honestly, they, they kind of do I have a foundation, yeah, but they kind of continuously change based on based on what I think they need. Um, but, of course, I, I was a forward, so I always love going to goal. So I try to, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. I don't care if it's a build-up, a passing pattern, defensive play. I always try to end the session going towards goal. So I think that helps. I you think know, that helps um, with the development. I'm glad you said that, Jake, because one of the things that always frustrated me as a youth player 
um, is is treating scoring goals like it was a treat at the end of practice. Yes, that you, you I had hated to practice that. well to then do your shooting drills and. I've always felt that why why do we save the most important aspect of yeah. the game as a treat in our youth training? Um, uh, you know, is that something that you've obviously just from hearing what you're saying, you, you don't run a practice that way. But but do you do you think that's one of the things that still holds U.S. soccer back? I think I think it's a huge deficit in the U.S. and I think that is exactly why. And I still don't think there's enough emphasis on being able to go to goal for the entire session. Um, or at least at least seventy five percent of it, no matter what the coach is kind of working on. Um, so I think you know I'm, uh, you know I've actually talked to one of the I won't mention his name, but from the boys staff and, and kind of discussed it with him about my coaching philosophy and how I try to end everything to go on. Yeah, I mean, from speaking off of that as well too, though. I mean, you know, from it, it, it nope, go right ahead. Attacking third, the attacking third. It's, you can watch, you know, you can watch some teams, even the MLS. You know, we can build out of the back, but what can, can we get into the attacking third? And what do we do once we're in the attacking third? Do we keep possession in there? Um, you know, so that's that's the stuff I try to drive home and really emphasize. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense too. I mean, Simon and I have talked about this on the air before too, about you know our different playing careers as well too. And a lot of the teams that I I played on as a forward, we never really spent a lot of time with shooting. You always looked forward to those last fifteen minutes of practice because like, oh, we finally get to do shooting, not these you know eighty-five conditioning drills and two passing drills. It's like, oh, we can actually shoot. Great. I think that's how you win a game is by scoring more goals. So. Uh, it, it's definitely right. nice to see well, that there think, are people trying to implement a, that. I think there's a limitation in in a lot of the areas of the country club wise. It's because they have training sessions. It's, you know, they split the fields because they want to maximize the number of teams training yep. and one goal. Not not to can do with only one goal sometimes. That is very true. Well, Jake, uh, again, congratulations on having these two players called up. It's it's been a long time since we've had the show, and it's a, it's been a pleasure having you back on and talking to you. And uh, wish you the best of luck down there in Florida with IMG Academy. Keep doing the good fight. You got it. I'm proud of those girls, and yeah, you guys stay in touch, and we'll uh, hopefully have some exciting updates once they're on the, the squad full time. Excellent. Sounds like a plan. Thanks a ton, Jake. We'll talk to you soon, sir. Yeah. There goes Jake Provan on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. Great insight from him, of course. Uh, speaking of the women's game, we're going to talk about the NWSL. When we come back, we'll do some recap from the weekend that was. And we'll get ready for our Drew Connor interview as well, too, from the Chicago Fire. We'll talk to him and many others right when we come back here on to Upfront. Back right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Great conversation with Jake Provan there in our last segment. As we remind you, all guests join us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. It was good to hear from Jake about his success, having two of his players from the IMG Academy called up to the U-17 women's national team that will head to China uh, in July, basically next month, because we are basically in June. It's May 31st right now, but even still, it's basically June. So yeah, yeah, basically uh, an exciting time for those ladies, and we wish them nothing but the best, of course, as we move forward uh, with everything come uh, come July, of course, for the U-17 Women's World Cup. Uh, speaking of the women's game, we talked about it before going to break. Uh, the NWSL, of course, kept rolling over the weekend, uh, and there was some hot and heavy crazy things taking place down in Houston. Not only did they lose 2-0 to Seattle, uh, but Rachel Daly left the field with a heat-induced injury, among others as well, and it just it's just gone from bad to worse in Houston, Simon. I don't really know what else I can say about it. The fact that uh, I, as a Dash fan, I am frustrated. I know the players are frustrated. I don't know how you solve a problem like the Houston Dash at this point, well, in all honesty. I think they're trying to solve that, Baxter. Uh, Randy Waldrum let go after three seasons from it's the about Houston time. Dash. Uh, yeah, I mean, three years of just... Underperforming, underwhelming. Underperforming, poor results. Being dealt a great hand of players. It wasn't like he's a victim of a bad roster. None of that. Well, he, it, he's got the players to be successful. You know, and as the Houston Chronicle here talks about, too, that three of the losses that they've had this year have been by multiple goals. and uh, Five-one game against Seattle. Shouldn't be <laughs> happening. You're absolutely right about them. I mean, you look at the standings right now, the Dash, they sit in ninth place. So if we think you're, if, as a Dash fan, if you think, oh, how could it get worse? Well, you could be a Spirit fan, but that's irrelevant. Uh, the Dash at six total points right now. They're 2 5 and 0. Oh. Uh, they've just been outscored by eight goals. They've had conceded 14. They've only scored six. This is a team, as we've mentioned before, Simon, that is loitered with talent in the offensive side of the ball. And the fact that they can't seem to put it together stems from the fact that their defense doesn't know how to play defense. They have an atrocious defense. They can't figure out the goalkeeping side of things as well. You've got Lydia Williams. You've got Jane Campbell. There's no reason that this team should be losing games by as many points as they do consistently. Well, they do have the Washington spirit coming up, Baxter. We know that Omar Morales, who was the assistant coach, will be uh, taking the lead for that game. So I actually won't be surprised if we see Houston win this next game uh, simply because we see that a lot of times where, player go, where players like to uh, look at it and say, you know, we didn't do our job. We got our coach fired, so right. let's uh, – let, let's, Let's pick up the pieces and show this league what we can be about. At the same be, time... I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious to know, though, how many people in Houston are actually mad that Randy's gone. I don't think anybody's mad. I don't think so either. Yeah, well, we're talking players-wise. Well, there was rumors as well that you know he lost the players a yeah. long time ago. Um, so... We'll see what happens. Chris Canetti, the, the president of the Houston Dash and the Houston Dynamo, you know, did come out and say, look, this, this, this wasn't about the players not supporting him. The players believed in him. They supported him. Um, but the results know. didn't bear that. Right, exactly. I feel like there is something these players could have done uh, to help, in, in an essence, save Randy's job and when it came down to it. So uh, I hope that Houston is able to kind of right the ship in the sense that, as we mentioned, they have the talent on the offensive side of the ball. They need to figure things out defensively, and I'm curious to see what they can do moving forward. As we mentioned, they did lose 2-0 on the weekend to the Seattle Reign. Uh, they now find themselves in ninth out of ten teams in the standings. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is, you know, it's not surprising that they would lose to a team like Seattle. I mean, they're a phenomenal team. Yeah, and they're, you know, even record on the road, 1-1-1 one, one, and one away from home. Of course, this was their first one on the road. It was. Uh, and when you have a forward like Megan Rapino putting goals in, you know, it's it's not going to be that much of a surprise. But you still do look at that 
Houston Dash lineup and just sit there and go, how is this team so bad? Right, right, exactly. And I think that's what continues to puzzle a lot of fans. And Lord willing, they're able to put something together moving forward. But until they do, uh, for Dash fans, it's going to be a long season. So buckle up and hope for the best. And yeah, and hopefully try Rachel, not to Rachel Daly last. recovers well. Uh, but, man, the the humidity is setting in there down in, Bax- down in uh, Houston, Baxter, along with that heat. So it's Heat uh, gate, I think, is what they're... And if anything... You should be seeing Houston use that to their advantage, not not look at it as, oh, my goodness, we've got to play in this heat. Right, you know, exactly. That's your home park. Exactly. Take advantage the of it. The fact that players are the ones that are – the own dash players are the ones that are leaving the games you know, with the heat-induced injuries is concerning because it's like, okay, these are the people that train in it week in and week out, and they're even having problems. Well, that speaks to the training sessions as well, though, Baxter. Maybe they're not uh, – Being pushed hard Exactly. Enough. That is very true. Uh, well, speaking of uh, on the other side of things, from a teams that uh, are struggling to the teams that are doing well, the North Carolina Courage, they did lose one of their two games uh, throughout this last week. That They did beat Sky Blue on Wednesday 2-0. Uh, then they lost in a battle with the Red Stars 3-2 on the weekend. That would have been a fun game to be a part of, that's for sure. Uh, the Red Stars keep finding ways to put goals in the back of the net. Uh, we were questioning how legit they actually were, or at least I was. You were. I was. I picked them to win this game. You did. <laughs> you did. And I was the one like, well, we'll see what happens. But Chicago is definitely on the right track when it comes to asserting themselves as a dominant team. They're in second place right now. North Carolina still has the overall advantage because they've played one more game than Chicago. Uh, North Carolina 5-3 and three on the season. The Red Stars 4-2-1. and one. I'm curious to see what Chicago can do because they've only won one game on the road this season. Uh, I want to know if they can kind of change things around in that regard. So they've only outscored their opponents by three goals as well, too. So that kind of shows you that they have uh, they've just now recently started scoring a lot of goals. So for those people that are like, oh, the Red Stars are a good team. They have only scored 10 goals this season. Six of those have come in the last two weeks. Yeah, but that also shows back so that they're starting to put things together. Right. And, and, you know, the game was a 3-2 final score, but the, the goal that Courage midfielder Dabina had, upper 90 shot from, from a free kick, Gorgeous. Baxter. It was, it, was, it was perfect. And for somebody like Alyssa Neher to, to miss that is not a surprise. And mm-hmm. I, so I'm speaking to her talent level. Any goalkeeper is going to miss that. It's 20, 25 yards out. I mean, mm-hmm. just a perfect cur- curler of a ball. Um, you know, you take that goal away, it's a 3-1 win for right. Chicago. Uh, maybe you are a little bit concerned, if you're a Chicago fan, about their defense allowing some of these goals in. But uh, they they're, they're look like they're clicking on all cylinders, and they're, they're finally starting to play the way I expected them to play from the start of the season. Right, exactly. I'm kind of continuing on with that as well, too. Uh, Sky Blue put things back together. They beat Orlando 2-1 to uh, over the weekend, so they find themselves in third place right now. They seem to be, for real, uh, one of the few teams that is undefeated at home this season. So major props to Sky Blue and company. Sarah Killian continues to score a goal. She leads the NWSL with five goals. Sky Blue's goal differential is only one. They've scored 12, and they've conceded 11. So that worries me a little bit. But yeah, and I think that Christy speaks, Holley's done a great job, though. He certainly has. And, and as far as the defensive was, that actually speaks more to their back line than it does their keeper, uh, Kaylin right. Sheridan, who actually, by the way, was just uh, called up to the Canadian national yes. team for June Friday. Congratulations, so congratulations to her. To her. Um, you know, they get that back line together. Actually, this is going to continue to be an even more dangerous team, but they've figured out how to score. Uh, at the same time, they're they're playing such a way that when they do get scored on, their heads don't go down. Right, exactly. They, they pick their heads right back up and say, all right, let's take it back. And, and then they a, do every time. And that's a Christy Holly product, I feel like, Absolutely. as well, too. So that's why this team has been successful. We thought Orlando might be able to 
uh, ride the Caroline Stanley wave a little bit just because it was Caroline Stanley going against her old team in Sky Blue from last season as she is the fill-in goalkeeper now for Ashlyn Harris. Didn't end up working out that way. Uh, Orlando still trying to figure things out. They're in eighth place right now in the standings uh, with six total points. So we'll see kind of where they end up shaking out the rest of the way. A team that needed a big win over the weekend that did finally get it is FC Kansas City. Sydney LaRue scoring twice. Becky Sauerbrunn scoring as well, too. And then Sydney LaRue named Player of the Week as well for her two-goal performance. I believe she even assisted as well in Becky Sauerbrunn's goal. I'd have to double-check that. Did Sauerbrunn ever did officially get... Did she officially get Goal of the Week? I know she was uh, up I for think it. she did. I, so, I, I think that was the official announcement. As, uh, as a defender... Uh, well, even though I, I was always a defender at heart, I could say. Roaming, in my older yeah. age, yes. Uh, but it's always great when you see a, a header goal from a defender. Um, and Becky Sauerbrunn certainly certainly showed what she is capable of yes. up top as well. I'm curious to know where Sydney LaRue goes from here, though, because this is the first time LaRue's done anything since game one. So I want to know where she's going to be now moving forward. Is she going to be the, oh, it's been seven games, I'm going to show up again? Or is she going to be consistent now that she's got two more goals to her name? She's got three on the season. She's in the top five for goal scorers. Right, right. Maybe she's going to find that confidence now and get back into it. Well, I think a key to that, Baxter, is how she hooks up with Shea Groom. Yep. Uh, you know, not having Amy Rodriguez once again. When she was playing, her at Sydney, even then, looked looked okay, but but a little disconnected. Mm-hmm. Her and Shea Groom are really starting to find that relationship with each other. So if that relationship continues to build, I think we're going to see a very successful year for Sydney LaRue the rest of the way. I would agree with you on that one. Final, oops, sorry, Actually, let's, let's not forget, too, just to highlight that Mallory Pugh got her first start in that game for the she Washington did. Spirit. Baxter. She did, she did, she did. Uh, the final game that took place over the weekend was Portland. Uh, they took on the Boston Breakers. Uh, it was goals scored in the first and the fifth minute that ended up being the difference in this one, um, and it came off of the feet of uh, Julie King, who was an own goal, and then uh, Amandine Henri as well, too, uh, that got the goal in that one as well, too. So the uh, Portland Thorns getting that victory over the weekend over the Boston Breakers. This is a game that they tied 2-2 just a couple of weeks ago as well. Yep, well, we're at Providence Park, you know, over 18,000 fans there, so of course the Riveters helping in that win. Bad news for the Breakers, though. Alicia Chapman, defender for them, straight red card in the 91st minute, Baxter. So, boy, oh boy. Uh, that's not going to help Tough things. time to get a red card. Um, because now she can't play the next game. That is very true. All right, we got to run to a break because we are going to have Drew Connor of the Chicago Fire on with us here in just a moment. Stick around. It is Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Back right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Club. I am back to Colbert. And this is Simon Provan. Moving along with the program. Reminder for you, if you'd like to engage with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. The Q is silent in Provan, so make sure to check it out there. I don't think there's a Q in Provan, but uh, if there was, that's people would know now. You wanted to go back to the salsa anyways. So. Exactly. I'm, I'm all about the, the salsa music. We have the best like intro outro music. Yeah, I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Simon. Well, we had a great interview earlier in the show with Jake Provan, uh, head coach of the uh, U-17 girls down at the IMG Academy. Now we get to head back up to the Midwest uh, and chat with a man that has been a part of the second place Chicago Fire team in the Eastern Conference. I will not lie. never thought I would say that uh, for the Chicago Fire, but they have had just an absolute resurgence this season, Simon. Uh, we are joined now on theshopfutsal.com, call in line by number 18 of the Chicago Fire, Drew Connor. Drew, welcome to Two Up Front, sir. How are you today? Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Drew. It's uh, phenomenal to have you on the program today, uh, and it's great to talk with a fellow Wisconsinite. I was trying to defend you earlier because uh, Simon was saying he's from Illinois. He can't be a Wisconsinite, but he played at Wisconsin. So do you, do you identify as a Wisconsinite from your time in college, or are you more of an Illinois guy, Drew? We've got to get this out of the way right no. away. A part of me does. I'm right in between, man, because I'm about. I'm I'm, I'm from Cary originally, so I'm only about 25 minutes from the Wisconsin border. That's true. Um, and obviously, I went to school there. Um, and I do tend to brag in the locker room about my experiences at Madison, which none of none of these people really understand. <laughs> they don't understand the city of Madison and how amazing it is. So they they get a bit annoyed sometimes because I'm always bragging about it. But I, I identify as a Chicago guy. But um, you know, obviously, I'm a Badger. Uh, speaking of Badgers, I, I I have to admit I always bring my brothers up at some point in the show. Drew, <laughs> uh, my brother Josh played on the 1995 championship team up at Wisconsin when they uh, went undefeated through the entire NCAA tournament. So it was great to see Wisconsin back in the tournament. Yeah. with your tenure there. Now, 2013 was that the first time they were back in since the mid 90s? You know? Yeah. So that was that was the first time that we were back in the tournament since that national championship wow. run in 95. So it was kind of cool cow. to be part of that. Um, a little bit of part of history and, you know, unlucky to, uh, to draw Notre Dame in the tournament who, you know, eventually went on to win it. Uh, but that was a, that was a quality team. That was a quality group of guys. Well, speaking of quality, Drew, as we mentioned, uh, you've been a part of the Chicago Fire roster this season. Uh, you've appeared in seven games so far. You've started two. Uh, you didn't appear for any of the games last season as you spent time down in St. Louis. But I want you to speak a little bit about this team this season. Uh, you were signed as a homegrown player back in December of 2015. How in the world is the Chicago Fire in second place right now? Because a lot of folks were very surprised about that. We've been following the game for a while, so obviously we're not as surprised by it. But being in the camp and seeing the transition from last season being one of the absolute worst to see to ever be a part of Major League Soccer to now being one of the best, has been, it's got to be a bit of an emotional roller coaster, I feel like, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything about this profession in general, is an emotional roller coaster, and that's something that I've kind of had to get used to um, as a young pro. But, you know, last year I think it was just, you know, a new coaching staff coming in and trying to, you know, find um, an identity of a team that's, you know, kind of had a losing culture um, in these last, you know, seven or eight years. Um, so last year we were kind of trying to turn that bus around. Um, and, you know, in the off season this past year, you know, with the addition of, of some new players and, you know, adding some new pieces as well as keeping, you know, what we thought worked last year. Um, you know, we, we've kind of created a, a winning culture here and it's, and it's really, really fun to be a part of it right now. 
Oh, speaking of winning culture, Drew, uh, when you play, by the way, you guys are 4-2-1. and one. I just want to point that out. Four wins, two draws, one loss. Uh, but that actually, How interesting. <laughs> that leads to uh, my, my big question for you. You know, looking from outside in, there's a, line, a lot of lineup changes that seem to happen in the back line. So, you know, somebody outside looking in could be a bit bewildered by this. Um, and that includes even, you know, you, you've started a couple of games, which you played very well. You've, you've spent some time uh, on the field as well. But what does is, what is Coach Ponovich say to you um, about, you know, when you're going to see time on the field uh, or, or perhaps, hey, you're not playing today even though you played that last game. You know, you were stellar, but you're not going to be playing today. What, how does he communicate with, with you, uh, not just you, but, but the whole defensive unit? Um, I mean, I guess the, the, the message is to basically just kind of keep your head down and working and be ready when it comes. You know what I, you know what I mean? I mean, I think that was my mentality last year. And unfortunately those, despite my, my effort and, you know, myself playing well in training that those, those opportunities never seemed to arise. Um, but I did the same thing this year and I had a good preseason and I was, you know, gifted some, some really good opportunities, which I feel that, you know, I did well with. Um, but this team is a lot deeper than people think. And I think that, you know, the message to me is just, you know, been to continue to, uh, to work hard and wait for those opportunities because, you know, this is a very long season and players get injured and things move around um, and there's, there's a lot of changes. So, um, I mean, we have a lot of good players on this team. Um, yes, some things have shifted, um, but I don't think my mentality shifted or, you know, the teams as far as that. Well, and obviously it's a, it's a, uh, it's a way that works. It's a winning way. Um, and speaking further about that, obviously you have the big names in Chicago, in Chicago like Akam and, and McCarty, obviously, uh, Schweinsteiger. But you play with two guys that I'm curious to talk about, Jonathan Campbell and Brandon Vincent. Uh, you know, they were, they were rookies recently themselves. How, what do you get from these guys from the way they train, and, and what do you take from them to better your own game? Yeah. I mean, these guys are, you know, we, we came in um, in the same signing class. So these are, you know, my peers and, and guys that I hang out with off the field and really good friends of mine. Um, but I would just say both of those guys are very, very focused on and off the field. Um, they're both very intelligent soccer players. You know, they're students of the game. They study the game. They, they stay after, work hard, um, you know, study film. They do all the little things, and I think those are those are two guys that you're going to see, you know, that that are going to end up sticking around, and you know, either on this team or somewhere in the league for a very long time. Drew, looking at um, talking with Drew Connor here, uh, midfielder for the Chicago Fire on the ShopFootsal.com call-in line. Uh, Drew, looking at this roster right now, who have been some of the players that you really try to hone in on and try to learn from their styles? I know you kind of just briefly mentioned some of the guys you're working around, but is there a specific player that's maybe taking you under their wing or somebody that you just try to spend a little extra time with after training to just kind of pick their brain a little bit more? Yeah. Um, you know, I've loved, I've loved learning from, from Dax this year. Um, you know, I've always been a center midfield and I, you know, I've appeared, you know, in some of the bigger men, that's where I feel most comfortable. Um, so, you know, I've learned a lot from Dax, just, just also being a guy who's kind of works hard, um, grinds out wins, you know, you know, works, works really hard on the field. And I think I've just learned a lot from Dax on, you know, as far as his decision-making, um, when he checks in the pocket, when he applies pressure to other teams. Uh, so I've kind of been you know, watching and, you know, kind of trying to take after him as much as possible. Um, and I think, you know, when you have a guy like Bastian Schweinsteiger, it's, you just you just want to 
stay around him and soak up, you know, as much information as you possibly can. Um, and there's a lot of things that he does um, and that he's brought to the MLS that I haven't seen other players bring yet and other, like, you know, DPs and big names. Um, he's just so composed on the ball, man, and he's, he's kind of just changed the identity of this team as far as how we keep the ball and how we possess. I mean, we're, we're building out of, you know, we're building out of almost any, any situation now. And we watched mm-hmm. a lot of video today and teams are trying to high press us. And, you know, when you have guys like Dax and Bastion, Juninho in the middle of some other pieces, I mean, it's, it's really hard when you have guys who are that composed in the midfield. You got any favorite stories? So th- thus far about, uh, about Bastion Schweinsteiger being part of the fire? <laughs> um, well, you know, I've been the uh, the locker room DJ ever since I uh, <laughs> I came back from my loan in St. Louis, and Schweinsteiger hates hates my music, <laughs> and he's always unplugging he he's always unplugging my phone and putting his music in um, that's like pretty like old school like, like you know late eighties nineties <laughs> yeah like he's playing like some weird German stuff you know stuff that. Basically, he just likes. I, I kind of try to appeal. I try to appeal to the crowd a little bit more as the team DJ. Um, but me and him have had a little have a, have had a couple uh, have had a couple fights about uh, what kind of music should be on in the locker. I mean, I guess when you're and a World Cup veteran, thing. you can it do happens. what you want. Yeah. So it makes sense to me. <laughs> it happens every day. So so is, is it kind of like you turn on the music and right away you hear nine nine nine, and you're like, no, I'm eighteen. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's it's not it's not a it's not that intense, but it'll okay. be one of those things where I'll be playing a couple songs, and all of a sudden you just hear the aux cord plug out, and I look over <laughs> right. and he's smiling. Oh, that's awesome! Well, true, I do have uh, one serious question to ask you. You brought up your time in St. Louis. St. Louis won last night in their Open Cup game, which means the Chicago Fire in the Open Cup on June 14th take on St. Louis. Uh, you you spent time with them, played 12 games. You know, I'm assuming this is a game where you'll see a lot of time on the field. Uh, going with that assumption, what intrigues you the most about going down to St. Louis? Or I, I don't know if they're coming up to Chicago, but what what intrigues you the most about facing this club that you spent nearly half a season with? Yeah, um, actually had a FaceTime with AJ Cocker in the starting center back in St. Louis last night, who's also a a former Badger. He was a generation Adidas. Got drafted by Houston Dynamo, and he's one of my good friends. So. You know, we're both we're both excited to match up against each other. Um, but no, I mean, I had a really good experience in St. Louis, and uh, you know, I respect the hell out of the fans there. Um, I know it's going to be a really good atmosphere, and it's going to be exciting to play there. Um, so, I mean, these look these games are tough, and sometimes they tend to uh, to favor the underdog. You know, these are these are really hard games to play in. Um, but I think everyone here is excited um, for the opportunity. But I think there's going to be a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, a rivalry going on, especially with you know the uh, us us having been affiliated last year um, and that changing, and you know St. Louis, the city, just in general, you know having been having pushed for an MLS team, um, you know if they do eventually get it, if private ownership comes in, whatever that may be, I think this could be a rivalry that kind of develops in the future. Last question for me, not professional, not related. Have you given Bastian <laughs> Schweinsteiger any Danish Kringle yet? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> I was wondering, I mean, because you spend enough time in Wisconsin, I was like, maybe he's passed on the Kringle or something. So it might be like, listen, you keep no, the Oxford in, I'll give you I some might... Kringle, we all win. 
I might have to show him what a spotted cow is, though, in the office. There you yes, go. yes, exactly. Bring him up to Milwaukee. We'd be more than happy to show him around, Drew. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, phenomenal. Well, Drew, we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk with us today. Uh, we, of course, are looking forward to seeing what you have uh, to offer the Chicago Fire here in the coming weeks and uh, hopefully in the U.S. Open Cup game as well, too. So we wish you nothing but the best and appreciate you taking time today, sir. All right, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Absolutely. Drew. We'll talk to you soon, sir. There goes Drew Connor on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. We are going to run to our final break. When we come back, we will give us some I believes. We'll take a quick look at what happened this last weekend in Major League Soccer, uh, and we'll talk about that and much more. Right when we come back, it's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Finishing up the show, special thanks to Drew Connor of the Chicago Fire and Jake Provan of the IMG Academy for stopping by today on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Great to hear from them. Uh, coming up on Friday's edition of the program. Yes, Friday. Wait, what? Friday? Yes, we'll be here on Friday from what I've been told. Is that right, Simon? That's right, Baxter. Why not do two shows when we can? Right, exactly. We're going to be joined by friend of the show and U.S. Women's National Team midfielder Sam Mewis. Uh, that show will be coming out for you on Friday. It will be broadcast live, to my knowledge. I don't know if we have, do we have the official time yet? I don't know if we've been told by the programming manager what, I don't think what time so. we're going to be on the air yet. Yeah, but we're still waiting on the intern to get stay, back Stay to tuned. Yeah, he went to go get coffee like three months ago. He's yet to come back. Uh, I'm sure he just got lost in the hallways or something, but uh, he was a nice nice lad. Uh, but we'll make sure to let you know about that soon. Uh, speaking of things to know about, Baxter, our presenting sponsor, Three Lions Pub, has a cool event going on on oh, yeah. Saturday. Uh, it is called the Champions Challenge. So there's, a, I think it's five Milwaukee soccer bars. And oh, I, wow. I love that soccer. You know, I can even say soccer bars and that there's yeah. Yes. Five of them in Milwaukee. So many soccer Anyways, they are, they are hosting a tournament in and of themselves uh, this Saturday beginning at 9 a.m. And following that, perhaps this is even more important, folks, uh, at the Three Lines Pub, they will be hosting a Champions League final party. So uh, that kickoff is at 1.45. So make sure you check out the Three Lions Pub on Saturday for the Champions League final, again, kicking off at 1.45. Uh, and also, if you got time, check out the Milwaukee Champions Challenge in which uh, the five Milwaukee soccer bars will be kicking off against each other June 3rd. So they are actually playing soccer against each other hey. back here at 9 a.m. This is the fifth year they are doing that. So pretty cool that they're doing their own Champions League, and then you get to watch the Champions League final down at the Three Lines Pub in Shorewood. Sounds like fun to me. Definitely go and check that out. Uh, last bit to talk about here before we run, as we mentioned. Uh, we'll do our I Believes in just a second, but uh, we'll give our predictions for NWSL, MLS, all that stuff on Friday. So make sure to come back for that. Um, but we want to look back at the weekend that was uh, in Major League Soccer. Canadian Champions uh, Cup was taking place. We talked about that, of course, last Wednesday. Ottawa Fury beat TFC. Vancouver beat Montreal. 
Uh, those games were last Tuesday. But the game that was a little surprising was Chicago Fire 2-1 victory over FC Dallas. And that is uh, the that was Walker Zimmerman was still playing in that game. He didn't get hurt until Sunday. But still, FC Dallas having a chance at six total points over the weekend, only getting one point. Yeah, part of that was, you know, they, did, they didn't put a lot of uh, their top players out for the Chicago Fire game. They, they really wanted to do well against Houston. And actually, that's even more surprising to me right. that they drew 0-0 with Houston while playing at home in FC Dallas. But look, this is what shows to me that the Chicago Fire are for real, Baxter. Because yes. of that lineup FC Dallas put out, this was a game Chicago Fire should have won. And they did. Well, that must mean something is going right then, which is always a good thing for sure. Yeah, Chicago getting a 2-1 victory, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Second place in the Eastern Conference, only behind TFC, who didn't do anything but increase their stock for being a good team by beating Columbus 5-0. And without Sebastian Javinko. Yeah, these, this game was a nonstop beater for TFC the entire time. They scored in the 6th minute, the 39th, 59th, 86th, and 93rd minutes. Victor Vasquez, Justin Morrow got a pair. Uh, Victor Vasquez got two as well, and Jonathan Osorio as well. So three different players combining for five goals. Columbus crew looked like they didn't have a clue what was going on the entire time. And it was sad. Sad to see Columbus. We we had talked to players uh, leading up to this game, and they they were like, "Yeah, we should win this game. We should be competitive in this game." Right. No Javienko, not a chance. Not a chance. Five five in the net. Uh, a couple other games, Baxter, that I wanted to look at the Seattle Portland game. Yes, Seattle getting the win there one zero. That really was a case where you thought Portland was going to win with the way they were playing, but then they they give up a goal. Mark Geiger not having the best of games, though. Sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. After the excellent World Cup he had, all of a oh, sudden exactly. it's just like, terrible. Would you? Yeah. Anyways, two handballs in the box against Seattle, not called. Um, nevertheless, that's not an excuse. Portland no. is... Portland is looking bad, Baxter. They certainly they are, are looking bad after a very hot start to the to the season. Well, to echo that, two teams that uh, maybe were a little surprised to lose over the weekend. One being uh, uh, Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely, one zero to the worst team in the league, the Colorado Rapids. Uh, SKC had been doing nothing but great over the last couple of weeks. Dom Dwyer and company scoring goals in bunches. They lose. A surprising game to Colorado. On the flip side of that, you also look at RSL beating what had been a hot Philadelphia Union recently as well. Well, RSL now being the hot team. Two wins. By the way, in the Colorado game, homegrown rookie defender Courtney Ford is the one who scores that goal. So once again, Colorado defending or uh, uh, depending on defenders yes. to get goals for them. <laughs> but it's always great to celebrate a homegrown player uh, getting their first goal. But yeah, the RSL, I'm not going to say they're looking great, Baxter, no. but two wins now in a row under new coach Mike Petke. So maybe there's some hope in the uh, possibly in RSL after all. Red Bulls got a 2-1 victory over the Revolution after an early goal for both sides, uh, and then uh, Minnesota beat Orlando in that uh, in their game 1-0. So Minnesota continuing to put wins together. They might not be wowing opponents with multi-goal games, but they are still winning, which is what all that matters. Uh, absolutely, another game. LA Galaxy going to San Jose, winning 4-2. to But here's the funny thing, Baxter. I do have to point this out. Please do. It shows how much MLS is desperate for LA to do well. Yeah. When you look at their power rankings, <laughs> LA jumped from 16 to number 7 no. because of one win. Because they beat San Jose. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you look at this game. I watch the highlights of this game because I've obviously... I always like a good California Classico, and I always want to see what's going to happen. 
I I wasn't thoroughly impressed by LA in this game. I watched the game. They won four to two. It was great and all, and Joe Santos looked great, and you know Joao Pedro looked good as well too. But then you give up an own goal for San Jose from Victor Bernardes. San Jose was in this game. They scored first. Wondolowski did his cheeky little Wondolowski-ness sure. in front of the goal, which he always does. Like, they had the run of play. And, yeah, I know Gio Santos hit a penalty kick and then he hit that final cap-off goal. But I'm still not invested in what LA is trying to sell right now. And the fact that MLS soccer is so interested in throwing them up the standings, I think, is total BS. Well, absolutely. and uh, But but it doesn't surprise us, does it? Right. Uh, La- or- yeah, no, go ahead. I was going to say, last game, Atlanta United with a 3-1 win over New York City FC. I think Atlanta United is perhaps the most uh, Jekyll and Hyde team yes. this year. They either win big or they or they lose big. Uh, I do want to point out one thing. Well, did uh, you see, though, the ridiculousness about going back to the power rankings, how they can, how NYCFC can lose 3-1 and not move in the power yes, rankings? Yes, yes, I did see that. Where yes. Chicago Thank beat FC Dallas. Yes. And they moved two spots. Right. I'm like, how does this make any sense? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but going back to the uh, NYC game, uh, I, I will say NYC lost, but Jack Harrison does look to be once again Baxter. That the ball real he played deal. in was gorgeous. Absolutely. Uh, and, and if you're a Portland fan, by the way, Rodney Wallace getting three goals on the season so far this year. Uh, heartbreaking to see him gone from Portland. Max Arruti playing pretty decent with FC Dallas as well. He was, of course, let go right after that MLS Cup win. I still would love to see him in uh, in Portland. But anyways, Atlanta 3-1 win over New York City uh, in at Bobby Dodd Stadium. As I said, it, Atlanta, you don't know what to make of them. One yeah. week they're great. One week they're falling on their faces. So that's part of the beauty of MLS, though, isn't it, as a whole? It is. It really is. And I, I find it funny, too, how D.C. United, who are four, who are four points higher then the Colorado Rapids are considered the worst team power ranking-wise. I get they've been streaky, uh, but they still statistically are a far better team. <laughs> and I would take them in a one or six or seven game series against Colorado as well, too, because D.C. is the better team. So I, the power rankings are a bit skewed. Maybe we should bring back our own power rankings, maybe, too. Baxter, but maybe, maybe. Since we're uh, causing such a fuss about some of this stuff, too. The last thing I'll say, congrats to Minnesota. 1-0 win yep. over Orlando. Uh, again, Minnesota, you know, they're, they're actually not as streaky for me as, as Atlanta is. They're more consistent yes. since the fifth game of the season, I guess you could say. Well, in Minnesota, even though they've been, like, they've been fairly decent recently, they're still in ninth place. Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think people keep forgetting about, not to, like, punch a hole in what you're, that argument you're trying to make. No, but no. Like, they, they've only won four games. Right, but but what I'm talking about is they're, unlike Atlanta, they're either winning by a small margin right. or they're losing by a small margin. The losses they've had very easily could have ended up being Correct, wins. yes. No, and that's what you're absolutely right about. I mean, Atlanta, they're 5-4-3, and three, whereas we mentioned Minnesota is 4-7-2, and two, a negative 11 goal difference. That's interesting that RSL has actually a worse goal difference than Minnesota United. Especially with the way Minnesota started out with with the amount of goals they were giving up. Strange. But that's also because Minnesota's been scoring goals in bunches, though, too. So where RSL has only only conceded 24 goals, and Minnesota's conceded 30, but Minnesota's scored 19 goals, where RSL has only scored 12. So I get it. It makes sense. But still, it's kind of funny to see that there's actually somebody worse on goal difference than Minnesota (laughs) United. Uh, All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we jump into our I Believe? Let's jump into our I Believe. All right. All right, the way our I Believe segment works is that Simon and I offer something we believe will take place in the soccer world, whether it be a good thing, a bad thing, a neutral thing, who knows? If it's a Geiger thing, we never really know. We just kind of throw it out there and say something we believe. So 
Uh, Simon, do you want to go first this week, or would you like me I to? Can, uh, I can go first, Baxter, because I'm going to continue on with that theme of truly saying, I believe, and that came from, of course, cheering for the U.S. national team. So yes. speaking of the U.S. national team, U.S. U-20s taking on New Zealand. I believe it's tonight, tomorrow morning, if, if, if you want to say it that say way. Probably tomorrow morning, officially, yes. I think it is, yeah. Actually, I think it's, yeah. In fact, we could even watch it. It's at 6 a.m. So if, <laughs> if you're up. up at that time, Just getting up go for ahead the day. And, and take a look. They're taking on New Zealand. Listen, Tab Ramos has a lot of uh, things he's got to figure out because he's got some key players that are missing. But Josh Sargent is still there scoring goals for the U.S. And That's true. I believe the U.S. will beat New Zealand and continue on to the quarterfinals. I like it. Uh, well, for my I believe, there are five MLS games this evening. I believe... Or four MLS games, one is a Canadian championship officially, so forgive me for that. I believe three of these five games are going to end in draws, Simon. Not going to say which ones because I don't want to be predict. <laughs> I don't want to predict that way. But I believe looking at the teams: TFC, Ottawa, Columbus, Seattle, NYCFC, the Revs, Orlando, DC United, Houston, RSL. I think three of those five are going to end in draws this evening. I didn't even uh, didn't even take a peek at those backs. Yeah, those games uh, kicking yeah. off tonight at 6 p.m. Central for the Canadian Championship for those that have TSN, uh, and then everything else uh, starting off at 6:30 and 7:30 Central. Yeah, I'm just looking through them quickly. Oh, let's see here. I'm going to go with a win for Columbus. I'm going to take uh, New York City FC, uh, Orlando, and Houston. There you go. There you go. Perfect. So I guess uh, I'm not taking any draws. Yeah, there you go. See, I was like I said, I was which is bad because draws. midweek games tend to have uh, more draws. More draws, yeah. And that's why. That's but why that's I went right. the way that I did, I guess, <laughs> in that regards. But uh, well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to stop by and hang out with us today. Special thanks to Jake Provan from the IMG Academy down in Florida for stopping by today, and also for Drew Connor of the Chicago Fire as well for stopping by. All guests appear on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. A reminder, we are presented by Three Lines Pub. A very special thanks to them for their continued sponsorship and loyalty to our great show as well, too. Go check them out this weekend, as Simon mentioned as well, too, for their Champions Challenge, the Champions League, all kinds of champions action, of course, down champions. at Three Lines. Exactly. I wish I had that to play on the way out, but... <laughs> Uh, a reminder, of course, you can find our show by listening to it here, of course, on Spreaker.com. It's also available on iTunes and on iHeartRadio and on our website, the number 2, 2upfrontsoccer.com. Check us out on Facebook, 2upfront in that search bar. You'll find us there. Give us a like. Give us a share. We'd love to get to 700 likes soon. Check us out on Twitter at 2upfrontsoccer. Of course, our personal handles are at Baxter Colburn and at Simon Provan. All right. For Simon Provan, I am Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are 2upfront. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health. Our experts. Safely caring for you. 
Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.